What's going on, everyone? My name is Teddy Ragsack, and you're listening to TED Talk Sports. And this episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. What's going on, guys? So, as promised, I am back with another NFL prediction episode. And as you all know, last week was not <laughs> not a good week. I had the tech, I had the Bills beating the Texans. I had the Saints beating the Vikings, and I had the uh, and I had the Patriots beating the Titans via utter annihilation, which was if if you want to hear what I said uh, about that, check out my last episode. And yeah, that that was probably my coldest take ever. But yeah, uh, and then lastly, but luckily for me, I had the Seahawks beating beating the Eagles. But we're gonna talk about all those games really quickly kind of rehash that and then and then I'll pick my predictions for this upcoming week the divisional weekend for the NFL playoffs. So, uh the first game, I'm going to save the Titans game for last cuz I know that's what what you guys all want me to talk about. So, I'm going to save that one for last. But okay, let, let's just dive into this. So, the Seahawks played the um why am I blanking out on the team name? Oh, played the Eagles. And to me that was a really interesting game. Um, especially with the way that Carson Wentz got hurt so early. And I think they had some crazy stat, like Carson Wentz has only played like five minutes or something like that in the playoffs. Like, it's really bizarre. This guy just cannot stay healthy in the playoffs. Um, you know, there was that hit with, uh, Jadavion Clowney and I'm kind of on the fence if it was a dirty hit because he, he kind of had him wrapped up and kind of fell on him, but he also kind of lunged his head forward, um, if I were to guess, I'd probably say that was a dirty hit, just the way that he added that extra extra emphasis with his helmet and added the helmet-to-helmet contact. Um, the way that Wentz was going down anyways, I, I'm not sure if he would he would have been able to play regardless because he was face-planting into the into the ground. But look, the Seahawks won, won an ugly football game. And the Seahawks have been doing this for a while. Look, the Seahawks have a very good defense. Um, and they have just enough offense to to be a threat. And look, we saw a lot of their young guys perform really well. We saw DK Metcalf look really good. Um, but the one issue I have with the Seahawks moving forward is their ability to run the football. And I think that their offense is strictly based on what Russell Wilson can do. And it's It'll be really interesting to see them go into Green Bay, which is, you know, it's going to be freezing over in Green Bay. Who knows what the weather's going to be like over there. And if they can't get the running game going, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to win. But anyways, though, I mean, I'm not really sure if the Eagles would have won that game even with Carson Wentz in, but obviously I can't say that for sure. And then with Josh McCown going in there, he did the best that he could. He didn't play a bad game, but he also really wasn't able to elevate um, the players around him and also the, the Eagles were just, you know, they were able to get into the red zone, but they just weren't able to get into the end zone. Um, but look, that, that, was, that was an interesting game. It was a close game. And also the really ballsy play by Russell Wilson on, what was it, third and 10 with like a minute 30 left or something like that and where they, where they threw it for like 40 yards. And look, I mean, like I said, some of the young players for the, the Seahawks stepped up. DK Metcalf made some big plays. And look, the Seahawks are an interesting team. And what the Seahawks have that some some of these other teams don't is they have a lot of experience in the postseason, right? From from what, like 2013 or 2014 onward or something like that? Like they've been a legitimate team in the NFL and they've been in the playoffs and they've had Super Bowl experience. They've won the Super Bowl. So teams like that you have to be careful with. 
Because we saw certain other teams that really struggled because they weren't used to being in the postseason. Now, speaking of teams like that, let's talk about the Bills versus the Texans. And this was a very interesting game, right? The first drive, I remember the Bills had, it was super creative, right? They had their own little Philly special kind of play that they scored a touchdown on. They're having a lot of fun. The defense looked phenomenal. The defense has always looked great. Um, but it's like they ran out of gas in the second half. And it was really weird because... I thought, if anything, I thought Josh Allen was going to come out the first half really scared and maybe get into a rhythm in the second half, but it was the opposite. And I haven't really seen a a player do this before where the first half, they looked really confident, they looked fine, they were making good throws, and then in the second half, he just came out, he came out like petrified. It's like he just didn't know what to do. He looked so, (laughs) he looked so scared. It reminded me of Jared Goff in the Super Bowl, just so so nervous and so unsure of his abilities, and it was really interesting to see that. But, you know, it was and it was crazy because the first half, Josh Allen was making some really, really good throws. Right. And he was really he was really utilizing his arm strength and he was making a lot of throws that not a lot of NFL quarterbacks are able to make. I mean, he was making some throws where he was throwing across his body for like 40, 50 yards, really easy. And you could tell that a lot of the um, the secondary on the Texans weren't expecting him to be able to make those throws because not most quarterbacks can, right? Not most quarterbacks have the arm strength to be able to throw across their body like that um, and be accurate. So, you know, it was really interesting to see how this game kind of panned out. And you it, once, you know, J.J. Watt kind of had that sack, the the momentum shift. And also, too, the, the, the announcers, in my opinion, were just going crazy over J.J. Watt. It's like every little thing he did, the announcers were just salivating over. And don't get me wrong, J.J. Watt has some balls, right? J.J. Watt played a game with a torn pec, which I'm sure was an, he was in excruciating pain. J.J. Watt's always been badass, right? J.J. Watt has always been one of those guys where you don't question his toughness. Um, and, and he had, he, you know, he had a sack. He, he had an okay game, but he wasn't like, I wouldn't say he was devastating, right? They were still able to run to his side. He, he, there were some plays he wasn't able to make, which is fine. I mean, he wasn't a liability. He overall helped the Texans, but he, he wasn't this overwhelming force you know, like we've seen him in the past. But look, this game to me felt more like the Bills lost it than the Texans won. And it sounds really weird because ultimately the Texans won the game, but it really – look, the, the Bills had so many opportunities to win this game especially in overtime. I mean, I I don't know whether it was the defense got tired in overtime or which would make sense, you know, it's been a long game and they were kept out in the field like almost the whole second half, but I don't know what it was. It it, it was really bizarre. It was like they were making a lot of a lot of mistakes. I don't know if it was mental mistakes or something wasn't right in in overtime for the for the Bills. Um the first thing that happened was that they were on like the 35 or 37 or something like that. And Josh Allen takes a terrible sack. And then that pushes them out of field goal range. And um, mind you, the Bills did make a few stops in overtime. So it wasn't just like the first drive, they just gave it up. But, you know, the Bills made some key stops in in overtime. They definitely kept a minute. Um, But then what frustrates me is the one drive that that the Texans ended up winning the game on and again, I, I hate saying this because it kind of discredits Deshaun Watson, but the reality is that the Bills made a lot of mistakes. As great as Deshaun Watson is, the Bills gift-wrapped him that last drive. Right? Look, it was third and 18. They had nobody covering the middle of the field. They're covering the sticks, which makes no sense. It's like, it's like they, were, they acted as if it, there was like five seconds left and the Texans were trying to win the football game. 
right? They're trying to keep him in front of them and everything like that. But they, they gave up 19 yards on third and 18, right? So that, that to me, that was one big point in the drive. And the second part that was frustrating too is that that play that everyone's going crazy about how Deshaun Watson escaped that sack. I don't know. It just, to me, it looked more so like the Bills missed that tackle. He had two guys hit, hit, hit each other because they were both trying to sack him. He bounced off of it, dishes the ball out to, I forgot if it was the running back, wide receiver, whoever. And it's like a gain of 34 yards or whatever it is. Um, and, and to me, I mean, that that was that was the season right there. Because if he gets sacked, it puts him out of field goal range. You get another stop. They're punting and we're still in overtime. Um, but it was a great game, right? It was a great game. I think the Bills are pretty close. The Bills are are pretty close to being a good team. I think that the Bills need to give Josh Allen some more weapons. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Josh Allen needs some help, right? Josh Allen, look, I, he's not as bad as I originally thought he was. He's a, he's a decent quarterback, but he needs some help. If your best wide receiver is Cole Beasley, um, then, you, then you have some problems. Now, I totally um, didn't give Singletary enough credit as being a solid running back because he had a great game. The Bills offensive line looked phenomenal. And look, if, if they have most of these pieces coming back, I think the Bills can definitely be in the postseason again. Um, but I think that Josh Allen, maybe now that he has a little bit of postseason experience, he, he might be able to do a little bit better. All right. So the next game, the Minnesota Vikings versus the New Orleans Saints. Now, I only saw some of this game, but I was really surprised, right? I was really impressed with Kirk Cousins' ability to bounce back. Um, now, I don't want to hear any of this nonsense because I know – I know a lot of these Saints fans were complaining about you know potential PI in the end zone on the last play. I didn't think it was a PI on that play. Um, I thought it was more so hand fighting. I thought it wasn't egregious enough to where the defender um, didn't give didn't no sorry to where the uh, receiver didn't give the defender any time to defend it or anything like that. But I don't know. To me, I didn't think that was an offensive PI. I just thought that the the Vikings made some really good plays in overtime. And that's really what it came down to. And also, too, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but I know there's something along the lines of Drew Brees also fumbled the football and in his own zone. I think the Vikings got a field goal off of that. So, look, the Saints had plenty of opportunities. Um, unlike last year, I don't think the refs really butchered it for them. I think that, look, Kirk Cousins made some really big plays. We're not used to that, right? Kirk Cousins making big plays in the playoffs – we are not used to seeing that. That throw, that bomb of a throw he he had to Adam Thielen, I nobody saw that coming. That was a perfect throw. He had a bomb to Adam Thielen, um, and then he had that really good throw to Kyle Rudolph to win the game in the in New Orleans, and that's a really tough place to play. New Orleans is a very, very tough place to play. Um, but look, the Saints just couldn't get it done, plain and simple. I don't want to hear any excuses from Saints fans, and that's just what it is. The Saints couldn't get it done. Last year, was it the rest's fault? Absolutely. The refs took that game away from them. As a Rams fan, I, I understand that. I admit that, yes, that's fine. Um, but it's interesting, though. I mean, the Saints, man, that is a – the last three seasons have been nothing but heartbreak, right? I mean, not even just normal ways of losing games. I mean, this every year it's just heartbreak, right? I mean, you had this game they lost in overtime at home. And I don't – oh, no, no, sorry. The yeah, yeah, this game at home, the year before that they lost at home off of a – Clearly a terrible missed call by the refs. And then the year before that, they they lose on the most bizarre play is with the miracle in Minnesota, right? So the Saints fans have been it's been it's been rough for Saints fans. Um and I think the most frustrating thing for Saints fans is is knowing that look, Drew Brees has only a limited a limited amount of time left. And 
you know, who knows? I mean, I don't know his whole contract situation. I'm not sure, you know, how much time he has left. And look, he may come back next season as a completely different quarterback. You know, he's getting a little bit older, but it's just, I just don't get it. Look, the Saints have so many weapons, so many weapons. Um, I'm surprised that they that the Vikings were able to neutralize them, neutralize them the way that they did, especially at home. So props to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, props to obviously, you know, Delvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. And look, the Vikings on paper are a good team, right? On paper, the Vikings have some talent. Whether or not they are able to actually utilize that talent, it's it's a toss-up every game, especially in the big games. It's a toss-up. So it'll be interesting to see how they do in the next round. Now, the game that you guys all want me to talk about that I have to recap, the New, <laughs> New England Patriots against the Tennessee Titans. Um, this is, like I said before, my coldest take ever. I went bold with this prediction. I really thought the Patriots were going to blow the, the Titans out of the water. I thought it was going to be like that game they had like two years ago where the uh, where they won like 35-14. And look, we have to recognize that the Titans' offensive line is legit. The Titans have a very, very good offensive line. Derrick Henry is also a great runner. He's very fast. He's you know very good downhill runner, very physical. And I wasn't expecting the Titans to impose their will running the football the way that they did on the New England Patriots. Because people forget that the New England Patriots have a very very good off uh, not offensive line very oh that too but a very very good um, uh, defense. So I was very impressed that, look, the Titans were able to go there in Foxborough and run the football down their throats right down the middle, and it seemingly that there was nothing that the Patriots could do to stop it. Um, it, it was kind of one of those – it was an interesting game, right? Derrick Henry had, what, like 34 touches or something like that, and Ryan Tannehill only had like eight completions for like 70 yards and a, and a touchdown. Um, and, look, this is some really old-school football. The Titans have a good defense, and they're just they're just willing to say, "Look, we're going to run the football and see if you can stop it." Now, I think this could create some problems in the next round, right? If you go up against a better defense, uh, not a better defense, but I don't know. I I feel like if look if, with the Titans, if you're able to stop the run, and and then you're just able to let Ryan Tannehill throw the football, then then they're going to be in some deep trouble. But so far, we we haven't seen a team being a, be able to stop the run on the Tennessee Titans, but just something to look, to look out for, right? That's their Achilles heel. If you're able to contain the run, then the Titans are in some serious trouble. But look, Tannehill made a couple throws where he needed to. He had that touchdown in the red zone. But look, I'm really interested to see how far the Titans are going to go. And I'll, I'll let you I'll let you guys know how far I think they're, they're going to go in a little bit. But um, now back to the New England Patriots. So they had a really wild season, right? They had one of the most stacked skill position groups, you know, with Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown and, and everything like that. And then, they, and then they go from that to having essentially no one, right? Just Julian Edelman. And what this game screamed out to me, what this game really screamed out to me was, it was, it was a couple things. One, obviously being that the Patriots just simply don't have the skill position help that they used to, right? And secondly, this game really screamed out to me is that the Patriots are really suffering without Gronk, right? When the Patriots lost Robert Gronkowski, um, it made them human, right? And look, even the Patriots were able to win a lot of ugly games last year because Gronk was able to bail them out. I mean, if you look at the Super Bowl with the Rams, I mean, it was it was a very identical game um, 
to, to how the Titans played them. It's just that the Patriots were able to – look, they were able to use Gronk to bail them out of a lot of tough spots. There were a lot of tough spots that the Patriots – look, you know, they were able to get Gronk – they, Gronk was able to bail them out with. And what people don't realize is that Gronk's really a wide receiver one. If you if you think about it, he's always been their wide receiver one, right? And then that's what's able to – and then Gronk being so dominant has allowed wide receivers like Edelman to get open and – um, yeah, and, and to get open and really make a difference. But I don't think Edelman – I think Edelman's a good wide receiver too, a great wide receiver too. Might might even be the best wide receiver too. But I don't think that Julian Edelman is is a wide receiver one. I I really don't. Um, and you know that that showed. Look, Tom Brady, he has a good offensive line. He has you know a good defense around him, but he just doesn't have enough pieces. And I think people were. It sounds crazy, right? But I think people were undervaluing Rob Gronkowski, right? Because look, even if even if even if Gronk isn't necessarily making all those plays, you have to put all your best players um, on Gronkowski because he's he's going to make you hurt if you don't. But the Patriots don't have that weapon anymore. Um, also, you know, and for people saying that Tom Brady doesn't have it, I think that's ridiculous. Um, also, people saying that Tom Brady's retiring, I think that's ridiculous. Also, people saying that Tom Brady's going to play for another team, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Look, Tom Brady isn't going to play for another team other than other than the New England Patriots, um, solely based off the fact that he's not going to get a better situation. The New England Patriots. I mean, I can't think of another team that can have a better situation for Tom Brady for this upcoming season than the, than the New England Patriots. Look, he has the best coach in NFL history, right? He's in one of the easiest divisions. He has a great offensive line, a great defense. The only thing the Patriots really need to do is bring in some help. You know, maybe draft some guys, maybe trade some trade for some other pieces, right? Do something like that. It's a really fixable situation. Look, the Patriots didn't have a bad season. The Patriots had, what, like three losses, four losses, something like that. That's still a super successful season. And what people also aren't realizing is like the the degree that the standard that we hold the Patriots to is so much higher than any other football team. If any other football team is thirteen and three or twelve and four, whatever it was, everyone says that's a great year, right? Everyone's like, oh, well, what what a wonderful season for that team. But if it's the Patriots, right? Anything less than perfection is for the Patriots. It's considered a failure. And it's it's really interesting to see that standard that we have for them compared to other teams because they've been so dominant, right? For my generation, the Patriots have been the the longest living dynasty out of any sports team. Look, the Miami Heat were good at one point. Um, the Yankees were good for a little bit, but the biggest dynasty that was always a threat that was what was it eight nine years in a row in the AFC Championship game was the Patriots, right? They're such a dominant force in football. Um, and I think the Patriots are going to be back. I don't think this is the end of the dynasty necessarily. I mean, until Tom Brady actually starts putting up bad numbers, I, then that's when I think the Patriots dynasty is going to be over. But anyways, sorry, I digressed a little bit, but I, those, those, these are some things that I did have to talk about. Um, you know, especially with all the speculation that Tom Brady is going to go to some garbage teams like the Chargers. Oh, that's never happening. Let me tell you. Sean Brady going to the Chargers, never happening, right? He's he's not going to go to the Chargers. Uh, that, to me, I, I saw some articles going on about that, some optimistic Charger fans. That, that's, that will never happen. I promise you that never happened in a million years. Okay, now, the, now let's get to some predictions, right? So now we are stuck with the um, eight remaining teams in the NFL, and I think this could be some good games. Um, I, off the first glance, I think that games with the NFC are going to be a lot closer 
then these games with the AFC. And um, let, let's go with the AFC first, right? So we have the Texans playing um, at Arrowhead, playing the Chiefs. And look, I don't think the Chiefs are going to bail out the Texans the same way that the Bills did. Because like I said before, I thought the Bills gift-wrapped the I gift wrapped to the Texans a lot of these, a lot of those opportunities in overtime in the second half and stuff like that. So I don't think the Chiefs are going to make those same mistakes. Um, and look, this is going to be the same thing. the The Texans are only going to go as far as Deshaun Watson uh, as Deshaun Watson will let them. Deshaun Watson, look, he he's a good player, but he has to carry that team. And Deshaun Watson also has to get um, DeAndre Hopkins involved in the game a lot earlier, right? The he was shut down for most of that game. Um, until like the second half or so, and then all of a sudden, then the offense started flowing, right? Um, I think the Texans are going to have to get Deshaun, not to, yeah, Deshaun Watson going. They're going to have to get DeAndre Hopkins going. Um, and I, I think this is going to be, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think Patrick Mahomes is is going to be Patrick Mahomes, and I think that Patrick Mahomes at his best is better than Deshaun Watson at his best. And also to be fair, I think Patrick Mahomes has a lot more tools um, at his disposal, right? He has Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, um, and some of these other guys. That it's really hard to cover them. It is really hard to cover them. Uh, this game could be a shootout, although I, I, uh, it, it could be a shootout, and it. I, I hope it is a shootout because I think shootouts are really fun. But with this game, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Um, I think that there's just too many weapons, and I think if it comes down to a shootout, I think that the Chiefs have way too many weapons on offense that can't be stopped compared to the Texans. I think the Texans are. I think the Texans are kind of a one-trick, not a one-trick pony, but I think the Texans um, are going to be a little bit limited once everyone kind of hunkers down on DeAndre Hopkins. Hunker, is that even a proper word for that? But anyways, I think that the uh, I think the Texans are going to get neutralized really early, and I'm just still skeptical about it. The Texans are, are one of these teams that always, lack of a better term, you know, they always shit the bed in the postseason. I just, I'm be real, I don't, I don't even think they've got I don't know how far they've gotten in the playoffs before. I haven't seen them get past the second round in my lifetime, but they're just one of those teams that always struggle. Um, and I look, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a good game. So I think it's going to be a shootout. I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. So the first pick, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but yeah, so the next game that I have to go to on the AFC, the <laughs> the Tennessee Titans playing the Baltimore Ravens. Now, from my previous you know, prediction with the Tennessee Titans, you would think that I, I, maybe I'm convinced that, you know, Tennessee Titans have some life in the postseason. Um, and answer, and answer that question, I'm going to go with absolutely not. I think, I think the Titans got, I think the Titans got lucky. Look, I, I think the Titans had, I, I think they were, they were fortunate enough to go up against a Patriots team in the first postseason without Gronkowski. I think that, Look, I, I think that no one's been able to control Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar Jackson has been putting on an absolute showcase this year. Um, and I'm going to – look, I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. And it sounds ridiculous, but I, 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 this is going to be the blowout. This, this week, I guarantee, is going to be the blowout. And this is the last game that the Titans are going to play this year. Look, I don't, I don't think that – I mean, the, I think the Ravens have a better defense – than the Patriots, the Ravens are a much more dominant team this last year than the Patriots, and I think that I don't. I, I think what's going to happen realistically is, I, is I think that they're going to be they're going to find ways to neutralize the run on the Titans, and they're going to force Ryan Tannehill to make some throws that, to be quite honest, he can't make. So I'm going to go with the Ravens on this. 
Um, I'm gonna double down. I think the Titans are gonna get are gonna get beat down. I think this is the week that's gonna be the blowout. I'm certain of it. Um, but if anything, I think the Titans are gonna lose this game. I don't think this is gonna be close. Um, watch it in the first quarter while you can because the Titans. This isn't. This is gonna be a a short game. All right. Now working my way over to the NFC. Um, God, this is a tough one. This is a really. T- this is a tough one. You know. Um, Okay, I'm gonna go with well the first game. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the uh, the Niners on this. Uh, ah, do I want to go with? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Niners. I'm I'm gonna go with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think they have a more dominant defense than the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, ah, man, it's. I, it, it, this is a really tough one. This is a really tough prediction. I I am gonna go with the 49ers on this. Um. But man, this is a this is gonna be a close game. I think this is gonna be a close game. I think that the San Francisco I, I think the biggest difference is that the San, the 49ers defense, I think, is just a little bit better than the Vikings. And the game's played in um do they still play in Candlestick or wherever they play in San Francisco. The game's in San Francisco. I think this game is gonna be um it's gonna be a close one. I think that the defense with the 49ers is gonna give them just enough of an edge. But I th- I think this could be a low scoring game. I think this as a, I think this could be a low scoring game. I think this could be like a like a seventeen ten kind of game. But this is going to be a really close game. Both of these games in the NFC I think could be really close ones. I think that look, I'm really curious to see how. I don't know if Jimmy G's. I don't think Jimmy G has played in the playoffs as a starter before. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I should probably look that up. But oh well. Um, I'm really curious to see how he comes out in the postseason. Right. I think Jimmy G is going to be fine, but. Again, look, every other big game Jimmy G hasn't really shied away from. I think he's performed well. Um, and the the only thing, though, is that if Kirk Cousins can play to his potential, then I think that makes things really interesting because I think Kirk Cousins has a ton of weapons. I think he has more weapons on offense than Jimmy G does. So Kirk Cousins, if he can play the way he can against the against the Niners, it would make things interesting, though. And And I say that because... Kirk Cousins doesn't necessarily play to his potential all the time. We have no idea which Kirk Cousins we're going to get. And that's what makes this prediction very difficult, right? We have literally no idea how he's going to come out this game. It's like he flips a coin and, you know, then he just decides right before he he jumps in the game. So it's going to be a really tight one. Um, Like I said, I think we could be seeing some ugly football in the NFC. Ugly football meaning like just some old school kicking field goals, maybe a touchdown or two. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with the 49ers on this one. I think that, and strictly because of the fact that I just don't know how one, the Vikings haven't necessarily had the best track record, um, in the postseason recently. Secondly, I just don't know how Kirk Cousins is going to come out. And if I were to bet on it, I'd say that he doesn't have the best game. I'm obviously cheering for the Vikings on this one because as a Rams fan, I despise the 49ers. But anyways, I'm going to pick, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Um, at home against the Vikings. And this leaves us... Wow, this is going to be a long podcast. Uh, and this leaves us with the final prediction, the Seahawks versus the Packers. Um, you know... Gosh, I'm trying to figure out which... which um, I'm going to... Uh, okay, I'm going to go with the underdog here. I'm, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I am I am gonna go with the Seahawks. I don't know. I th- this does sound kind of crazy. The Packers have had a phenomenal year. I'm sure one of my one of my best friends, Rick, is probably overjoyed that I'm picking the Seahawks with my 
freezing cold takes. But look, I don't know. I, I think that Russell Russell Wilson has that magic. I think he's going to be able to get things done. Um, but, man, it's going to be a tough one, right? You're, you're playing in Green Bay. That's a very, very tough game. But if anyone could do it, I think Russell Wilson can. Um, the defense looked great. Um, they have a – look, Look, the, the Seahawks have played the Packers before in the playoffs, and they have beaten them. So I'm really curious to see how this game's going to come out. I think this could be a really good game. I think this could be a close game. And like like like, like I said, this could be some ugly football. Both these teams have a very good defense. But the Packers have played in some games this year where it just makes you, makes you wonder, right? They had, they had this really awkward loss to the Chargers this earlier this year. Um, and I'm really curious to see how... I, I'm really what I think what will be deciding factor is to see if the momentum that the Seahawks had from the last game is going to carry over to the Packers. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a much tougher matchup. If you go against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, it's going to be a very tough matchup, right? You're not going up against <laughs> Josh McCown and it's going to be a lot different, right? The And Aaron Rodgers this year has been able to utilize his receivers. And Aaron Jones, too, is an absolute monster. So it's just going to be a close game. Both of these these last two picks in the NFC, they're tough ones, right? Uh, I'm not saying there's going to be an overwhelming favorite for either one of these. Both of these games are toss-ups, in my opinion. right? This, this isn't like my Titans pick where I think the Titans are going to get De- demolished right these are two really really close games but anyways enough rambling on i am very excited for the for the you know divisional round this year and uh yeah it'll it'll be a uh it'll be good so hopefully i get my picks right this year i need some redemption i can't be going one for four anymore because that was <laughs> that was pretty bad but anyway those are my predictions that was my thoughts for last week i'm very very excited um i'll see you guys next week with my prediction video for the conference championship anyways thank you guys so much for listening my name's teddy Hagsack. this has been ted talk sports